All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Time once again for Invest Wisely, our segment with expert Walt Sakira, who is a managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors at 3560 West Market Street in Fairlawn, the Fairlawn West office of the R.W. Baird Company. Walt's been in the business of investing uh, people's money for well over 30 years. He has taught same at Kent State and in uh, Case Western Reserve University. He uh, knows the subject and he works with every single day. So if you have questions and concerns about how your money is being invested, how uh, the people at Akron Wealth Advisors invest their clients money and individual stocks. Give us a call anytime this half hour at 330-673-1234. And outside of Akron and on WNR.com, you can call us toll-free at 800-669-4100. Well, Walt, another week last week that the market was plagued with what's been plaguing us since the beginning of the year, the coronavirus. What happened last week? Yeah, Bob, last week uh, the S&P 500 advanced uh, 1.9% for the week. Uh, we closed at 3,097.74. Uh, with that advance uh, on the year-to-date basis, we're off about 4.1%. Uh, we saw the NASDAQ up 3.7%, so again, also rebounded from the week prior. Uh, year-to-date, we're up about 10.8% on that NASDAQ composite index. And the Dow Jones uh, was up about 1% for the week. Again, year-to-date, we're off about 9.3%. Uh, we closed at 25,871.46. And those small-cap stocks that we've been talking about, the Russell 2000, up 2.2% for the week. Uh, year-to-date, we're still off about 15% in that index. Um, so you're right, Bob. I mean, if we looked at it, um, you know, the sectors last week, we saw healthcare uh, do pretty well. Information technology had a good week. Uh, consumer staples, the, the uh, sectors that were lagging a little bit, utilities, energy, real estate, uh, closed a little bit lower. Um, you know, the, you, as far as, uh, you know, concerns, you're right. I mean, on the big picture side, we, we still are worrying about, you know, things like the coronavirus. Um, you know, we've seen some hot pockets uh, start to jump back up again. Uh, the case counts. Uh, but I think we have to, you know, pay attention to the data. Um, you know, a lot of the experts that I'm listening to are talking about the increased amount of testing. So, of course, uh, with more testing and, and better testing, you know, we're going to probably maybe see those numbers be skewed a little bit. Um, I think the the big goal of the shutdown um, was to really make sure that our healthcare system, you know, didn't get overrun. And, you know, if you look at a lot of that data, it looks like, you know, in some in a lot of areas uh, that's being controlled pretty pretty well. Um, other developments last week, you know, we had the Fed Chair Powell provide his semi-annual uh, talk to Congress. 
Uh, he reminded lawmakers that, you know, they have spending powers and they're probably going to need to use them, that the Federal Reserve's probably done about all it can do. And uh, there, there probably is going to be need, more support needed, you know, to keep the economy uh, headed in the right direction from Congress, from, from fiscal policy. And if we look at Treasury rates last week, we saw the two-year uh, 0.19 percent, uh, the 10-year 0.7 percent. Um, and again, you know, those rates uh, are really probably going to remain low, you know, as we look out based on what the Federal Reserve will be doing and, and really, you know, our outlook for the bond market. Now, of course, uh, well, the uh, the market, as we watch, we're getting encouraged by the uh, amount of uh, recovery since the uh, huge whammy that hit the market in the spring when the uh, virus uh, came to this country. Uh, but they're still not as good as the figures uh, compared to a year ago or, or uh, several years running. When someone looks at the market, what figures should they be looking at? Should they be looking at the long-term figures, which aren't quite as rosy as the as the short-term figures? Or should they be buoyed that the short-term figures are as good as they are and they will have a possible positive impact in the long term? That's a great, great point, Bob. You know, I think we've reached a point where the numbers were, were so bad, and I think everybody expected the worst case. And when you lower everybody's expectations, you know, as you start to get uh, better numbers than expected, even though they're very low, um, you know, it starts to provide, you know, some some positives. And, and that's what's happened here. So, um, you know, for instance, if we just look at a couple of them, you know, I think the uh, May retail report, for instance, you know, which showed a 17.7% um, gain, which for the month of May, which was an all-time record. But again, we're coming off of a, a very depressed level. Um, so when you look back, uh, you know, a year ago, uh, that number isn't very, you know, as impressive as the 7.7% would would maybe, um, you know, sound. Uh, you can do the same thing with jobless claims, you know, when when we entered uh, June 13, you know, we were only, well, only, we say only, at uh, 58, you know, we were 58,000 better, uh, 1. Uh, 1.5 million uh, as far as jobless claims. Now, if you go back to last year, we were at 219,000 uh, jobless claims. So, again, uh, 1.5 million might be a lot better than the 2.4 million the month prior, but Again, you know, a far cry from the 219,000 that we saw a year ago. Um, and you can drill that all the way down to the company level, you know, where you talk about Southwest Airlines, you know. Uh, they basically reported that, you know, their operating revenues decreased um, 65 to 70% from a year ago, but that's way better than the month prior where they were off 85 to 90% from the year prior. So, again, you're right, Bob. we got to keep some perspective on these numbers and realize that they're all still pretty bad. Uh, we are really putting our hopes on the continued improvement and reopening of the economy and for these numbers really to look completely different uh, as we go into the fourth quarter and as we go into 2021. And what does that mean for somebody uh, wanting to invest? And it's the prices of these uh, companies on the market are, you know, I would assume that with a good report, the stock price tends to go up. Would you be buying new stock now and buying more stock? Or would you wait a little further to see how the prices are going to go and try to, again, get a, get a bargain? There's always opportunities, Bob. You know, and I think that's what uh, our approach does is, you know, we're constantly out there doing that shopping as we talk about, you know, we're not buying the market, the, the entire market. We're looking for it individual companies. And, you know, when you take that approach, it, it, there's a lot of value that you can still find uh, in today's market. 
Again, we're talking to Walt Secura. Now, he is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors. They have a roster of local clients. They invest their clients' money in individual stock portfolios of individually owned stocks. They have uh, three major portfolios. They can uh, mix and match those to suit the needs of the particular client, whether they're saving for retirement or in retirement now looking for income. But the uh, key is that they go directly and invest in those individual stocks, not going through mutual funds or any other kind of a surrogate. They are really involved in the market, and they watch it every single day for their clients. So again, if you have any questions, 330-673-1234. Give us a call on this Father's Day and get some good fatherly advice. A couple of other uh, data points uh, you brought out, which I thought are really quite interesting. A University of Chicago study uh, says that uh, 14% of Americans are now unhappy which I would think would be a lot more, but uh, I'm rather buoyed by that. But uh, and, uh, also many more Americans are seeking some, some loan relief, too, during uh, the fact that they may have been laid off or economically hurt by the, by the, by the virus and the economic downfall. So what do those two figure, figures mean, again, to an investor? Yeah, Bob, I think you got to keep an eye on trends. And, and we know that, you know, people feel very isolated and that the University of Chicago report, um, again, they've been doing a survey back to 1972, um, you know, they talked about the increase uh, in the amount of, of isolation, you know, people feeling isolated and also worrying about their, their next generation. Um, you know, there's a big spike in worrying about the standards uh, that their children or grandchildren might have. Um, so, again, there's, there's a lot of concerns out there. And, and, again, as far as loan repayment, TransUnion had, um, you know, their report come out where they said they have over $106 million now accounts where, they saw missed payments or people looking for, you know, some, some relief uh, in payments. So, again, I think those data points just continue to build the case uh, that, that things are tough and, and, and maybe a lot worse than what the stock market is uh, making us believe. You know, there's still a lot of tough data we got to get through. I think it's going to still be a very difficult year. And, uh, you know, we talk about just the data we have to get through and then the election, which I think will – uh, you know, probably divide us uh, in as a country, and it'll probably be one of the, you know, you know most politically um, challenging, you know, type of uh, elections we've seen in a long, long time. Well, let's, uh, let's go into our stock talk segment. Uh, and again, every week, uh, Walt will take your calls about any particular stock that you're interested in. Again, he has more than 30 years of uh, investing in stocks and, of course, now investing in individual stocks for his clients at Akron Wealth Advisors. So if you've been looking at a stock, you're holding a stock in your portfolio, you're wondering what this company might do or if it's, is it time to sell, is it time to buy, uh, give us a call and Walt can talk to you about that. 330-673-1234. And once more on WNR.com and outside of Akron, 800 669 Lines are available, so call now to talk with Walt Secura here on the advice line. Uh, Walt, uh, defensive stocks. Professional investors have talked about those for, for many years, and for the longest time that I can remember, defensive stocks were things like utilities, uh, the big old uh, traditional consumer staples uh, stores that <laughs> kind of don't exist anymore, like Macy's or Sears or the like. And now it seems to me that the defensive posture is moving over to technology stocks. Is that what you have noticed? Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, I think what we've seen in this market, you know, the last couple of years is these big tech stocks um, are kind of the, the defensive positions. And I think if you, if you think about why, um, you know, they're pretty encompassing. I think everybody knows who they are now, um, you know, and... They have an impeccable balance sheets. Uh, they have a tremendous amount of cash flow, uh, and and they can withstand. You know, as we've seen. I mean, I think with this virus and 
something we've never seen before. I mean, there's there's some you know, things that we're very you know consistent with. We see the Amazon trucks everywhere. Uh, you know, people are on Facebook every day, still maintaining some type of social connection. People are turning on their Netflix every night. Um, people are walking around with their Apple devices and staying connected. And, you know, when you just start talking about that type of uh, influence and impact in our daily lives, and then you look at these companies with the financial power that they have and uh, the balance sheets that they have and so forth, it, there's no, no doubt that those have become the defensive posture uh, for investors today. Now, of those kinds of stocks, what do you hold in your portfolios? Um, you know, we own all those. Well, I mean, we do across the board. I mean, we own Apple in our core equity portfolio. We own Amazon in our core equity. And, and you know, I think Netflix we own in our um, Empowering Women portfolio. Uh, so, again, you know, we like the big tech. And, uh, you know, we, we see that power. And, again, you can't ignore it, Bob. I think you have to have some representation out there. you got to watch valuation. You know, valuation is difficult. Um, you know, back in February, we, we did pair back on some of the positions a little bit because, you know, we felt the valuation was getting a little bit extended. But then with the big sell-off in March, you know, we, we bought some more back. So um, I think it's a part of, of someone's portfolio that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, talking about Apple, uh, on Friday, the market was spooked by the fact that Apple shut down their stores in four of the states where the uh, COVID-19 infections were, were on the rise. Now, uh, you have Apple as one of your holdings. Are you concerned about that news? Uh, not really. I mean, again, it's 11 stores, uh, Florida, Arizona, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Um, I think it just shows Apple's, um, you know, the way they're governed, uh, the fact that they're going to be cautious and protect their employees and uh, we'll see how long they stay closed, but I, I think that's just what Apple's done. You know, they they're a leader, um, and I think uh, Tim Cook has done a great job. Uh, you know, as far as leading that company. Let's talk about a little bit about food stocks and the, the fast food restaurants. Uh, McDonald's has a sales down five percent. Uh, much of it based on the fact that as people are working from home and not traveling to an office, they're not stopping by on the way to work to pick up a, a egg McMuffin or a cup of coffee, and that's kind of hurting hurting that business of those and other similar restaurants. Uh, what are your thoughts about these stocks of of the McDonald's and the other other food and restaurant stocks? Yeah, it's interesting, Bob. I mean, McDonald's uh, showed some decent results uh, last week. I mean, again, if you look at revenue, they were off about 6%. Um, earnings are off about 17% for the quarter. Um, so, again, uh, they're continuing to battle through this. I mean, they have had a lot of disruption, but their comps have improved. Again, from uh, April, they were down about 19.2% versus 5.1% in May. So, again, that improvement still negative, but but a big improvement from the the month prior um, yeah, it seems like the market, you know, the, the, the stocks that are probably a little bit um, subject to breakfast, just thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, a lot of that traffic is work-driven, people out driving to work, you know, stopping through drive throughs things of that nature. A lot of that has been disrupted. So, you know, companies like McDonald's, Dunkin', uh, Starbucks probably have been impacted a little bit more by that. Um, you know, the stocks that we've seen done really well on that end, Domino's Pizza, Papa John's, uh, Chipotle, um, again, more middle of the day and evening type, uh, uh, you know, as, as far as the sales go. Um, and also another one that we're, we're paying a lot of attention to is Beyond Meat. Um, that's the uh, plant-based protein uh, company, which IPO'd last year. And, you know, there's a lot of momentum uh, for, for alternative uh, types of protein. And, uh, again, they're being sold in a lot of different uh, you know, restaurants uh, at this point. 
Have you ever had one of those uh, those uh, veggie burgers like that? I have. Yes, this is my research. <laughs> I, always, I always try those things. So is it good? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't bad, Bob. Huh. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and again, we're talking to Walt Secure on Stock Talk. If you'd like to call and ask questions about particular stocks that you hold or are interested in, give us a jingle here: three three zero six seven three one two three four or eight hundred six six nine four one hundred. Of course, the other other news of uh, twenty twenty: the uh, social events, the uh, uh, concern about civil rights uh, following the uh, tragic murder of. George Floyd in Minnesota, and companies are responding in many different ways. And this was announced to me last week that uh, uh, that one of the two of the I guess long-standing brands in the world of of food, Aunt Jemima pancake, uh, I guess Aunt Jemima syrups, I guess, and Uncle Ben uh, rice products. They're going to change the names on those because uh, uh, they feel that uh, those are considered now possibly to be racist, and uh, other uh, companies are also being uh, pushed by traders if they're minority-owned. What, uh, from an investment standpoint, what do you think about those kinds of changes and in, in that kind of emphasis uh, on the market? I think it's warranted, Bob. You know, I mean, it, it, part of the evaluation we look at as well as social trends, and, um, you know, I think companies have to be sensitive. Um, you know, brands that have been built from years, years ago, uh, need to do a self-evaluation from time to time. You know, changing a brand icon or uh, the positioning of a brand sometimes is important. It, you can refresh a brand a lot of times and, and create new value. So, yes, I think some of those brands that, that might have, um, you know, obviously had some racial undertones to them, you know, being evaluated and and changed by some of these big companies. Uh, Quaker Oats obviously owns the Aunt Jemima brand. Uh, Mars Inc. owns the Uncle Ben brand. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to us, and, and it's something you would expect, and I think it shows, again, good governance uh, of those companies to, to take the time to do that. Another piece of news that uh, that I did not notice last week, a, a student, a 20-year-old student, committed suicide earlier this month after seeing a more than three-quarter of a million dollar loss in his account, uh, apparently resulting from uh, options trading. He left a suicide note, according to Forbes magazine, stating he had no clue about how options are supposed to work. Well, <laughs> that is an extreme example of uh, of people getting involved in something they may not know anything about. What is your advice to those who are speculating and uh, who are investing in things like, like options? Well, Bob, I think it, it's a case that is extreme. Um, but, boy, you've you got to be careful. And I, I think a lot of people do have some extra time on their hands. Um, you know, when you look at some of those online trading platforms, like we mentioned, the Robinhood platform, where you see a lot of younger, um, you know, millennials and younger investors getting involved in trading, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers out there. You just got to be careful. Um, you know, options are something that you know, if if you're on the wrong side of an option trade, uh, the the losses can be devastating. Um, you know, that, like you said, that's an extreme example, but uh, you got to know what you're doing. And this is where, you know, some advice and, uh, you know, not thinking you know it all. Again, I, I know when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew everything. And, you know, at 55, I know how little I know. And, and I think that's part of age and, and perspective. Uh, you know, going to an expert sometimes or somebody that can give you advice, explaining things, understanding the true risks of every investment is is so important, Bob. And, um, you know, it's such a tragic uh, thing to see a young life uh, that, you know, basically because, of, you know, not knowing what he was doing and, 
you know, that's, that's, uh, I, I can't even imagine, you know, somebody going through that, but, uh, yeah, just be careful out there. And again, this is, this is where education and asking a few extra questions and taking your time and, and not doing the wrong thing is, is so important. Uh, another point, going back to the, the Fed that had a meeting last week, uh, they threw out a term, once again, another piece of jargon that I just love. Somebody sits in a building somewhere and invents new words that, uh, <laughs> to confuse us. I heard the term Fed put out of that. Now, what is a Fed put? Well, I think that's a term. It's, it's an industry term, and again, you're right, Bob. It's just jargon, and and I think the idea is there's some kind of floor, some kind of uh, perspective that the Fed will step in to you know to to save the stock market, you know, as as it falls. Um, there, there's no credence to that uh, that uh, type of term, but again, it's it's something that as people see trends, you know, we in our industry. Uh, a lot of times you'll hear a term like that come out, uh, but but again, not a term that I use. <laughs> again, we're talking to Walt Secura, and so can you at 330-673-1234. Let's go to our phones and take a call. Good morning. You're on WNIR. Hi. Uh, I had a question about uh, how, what is the rationale behind a company uh, setting up its fiscal year? Or is there any? Um, I, I think a lot of it is is tradition. Um, you know, most most uh, companies try to change to a calendar year and uh, run on the calendar quarters. I think it's it's what you see. But you know, some companies when they started, um, you know, when they were founded, they they may have been founded in a month where uh, basically they started keeping their books and it created maybe an odd month uh, for a fiscal year. So. It, it really, I mean, you know, every company is a little different, but again, most of them tend to run on those calendar quarters and close their books out on twelve thirty one now. Yeah, I know there are some companies that that run the fiscal year through uh, end of June, mm-hmm. and it just it just seems I don't know, kind of odd. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, some retailers, you know, and again, it depends on industries. I think yeah, retailers would look at like their. Uh, obviously, the Christmas quarter is where a lot of their revenue will come in, and then they have slower quarters during the the summer. So maybe closing the books out and getting ready for the next year, which for them would really be that Christmas season, is when their big year comes. So again, every company has a little different thought process on why they set those those fiscal years or or being on a calendar year. Okay, all right, thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank you for calling. And of course, the state of Ohio runs on a fiscal year. But it runs from uh, uh, June, you know, to June. So that uh, uh, I always thought there was a tax reason for that, though. Something about taxes can be paid in October. So if you have a fiscal year that ends, uh, in a, you know, around there, it's easier to pay your taxes. I thought that was a reason too. It, it could be, Bob. And I think with uh, governments, uh, state and local, I think uh, fiscal years are set a lot based on budgeting as well, and and you know when federal funding comes in. Again, we're talking to Walt Sikarip, and you have time to talk to him, too, at 330-673-1234. Remember, Akron Wealth Advisors and the R.W. Baird Company offer more than just investing money into individual stock portfolios. They also provide complete financial planning services, retirement planning, estate plan reviews. They can do tax reviews. They can talk about RMDs and stretch IRA illustrations, Roth conversions. They can look at Social Security options and look at your analysis for that for the individual stock options analysis, too and other things that, uh, anything that would be concerning that particular client that they would like to get uh, involved in or that may be considered best for them, they can uh, deal with that at Akron Wealth Advisors. So let's talk about 
Again, how you manage the client accounts. Uh, you look at every person's individual accounts, and uh, you are, do you do a review annually or semi-annually or, or when? Yeah, Bob, there's a lot of levels of how we review. As we talk about the portfolios, number one, you know, we're, we're, we're portfolio-driven. We're uh, investment-driven. So every day we're, we're looking at investments. And if I see something happening with Apple, with a uh, touch of a button, I can see everybody that owns Apple. So that's, you know, one level of, of management. Uh, when we make a trade, we can make trade across uh, various accounts. We can block trades up and, you know, really trade everybody's uh, account at the same time. But in the review process, it is a very individualized, customized uh, type of process. We we look at clients' accounts continuously. Uh, we meet with clients. Uh, you know, it, it, every client's different. Some clients only require an annual review. Some like quarterly reviews. Again, we we will customize based on someone's need, uh, if warranted. And uh, you know, we work out the proper communication to to make somebody comfortable. What we find is the longer we're with somebody, the less they need. You know, obviously, I mean. When we bring a new client on, those reviews might be a little bit more frequent. Uh, somebody that's been with us 20 or 30 years, uh, uh, they've heard it, you know, and they and they know, and they probably know what we're thinking just as we know what they're thinking. So, again, it's a relationship, and the, the more we get to know somebody, the, the easier it is to uh, continue that review process in the right manner. In general, what has been the response of your clients during this uh, extraordinary time of economic upheaval and social upheaval? Have they been uh, calling up uh, to be reassured or to uh, ask you questions? Or, again, have they feel they kind of been through this uh, one time or another and they, they have confidence in what you're doing? You know, Bob, we, we make so many proactive phone calls. Uh, we, we hardly have our phone ring here at the office. Uh, between my partner, Dan, uh, the incredible staff that I have, you know, Allison Heim, C. Schechter, uh, we, we have a new individual starting with us on Monday, Abby Talbot. And, uh, you know, we have a great staff of people that's uh, willing to reach out and communicate, and, and I think our clients have been very assured uh, and extremely confident. And, and we're so lucky, uh, Bob. You know, I mean, I think our clients are our true measure of success. You know, we, we see them and, and see where they're at and, and see how they respond. And it makes us feel good. We know we're doing our job. I mean, if we're educating and, and keeping people okay in a time like this when they really need you, then, then we know we're doing the, doing a lot of things right. A very basic question. I often get this uh, off the air when people talk about uh, hearing this program. They ask me, what does it uh, cost them to be a client of Akron Wealth Advisors? You know, how, how, how are they charged? What kind of fees do you charge? And you know, when do those fees come due? Yeah, Bob, I, I mean, our fees are based on relationship. Again, they're based on money that we manage for the client. Um, it typically our fees start at one and a half percent and they tear, tear down the more assets that somebody brings us. Um, I think our average relationship fee is about 1.1 percent. Um, and again, you know, there's a lot of assets that we hold that we don't charge fees on that we advise because, you know, people might have positions that were inherited, low cost basis positions, um, you know, certain types of positions where it wouldn't be right to pay a fee on. Um, but again, our fees are fair, they're competitive, and, you know, we're, we're not afraid of them, Bob. You know, we, we show people, we explain them, we think we're worth it, and again, we're, we're compensated to help grow people's money, so we sit on the same side of the table. If, you know, somebody brings us uh, $500,000, we, we want to make it 600, 700, 800, because as we grow it, our fee grows. So uh, we're compensated to help our clients uh, make money. And, uh, and again, the relationship now with the R.W. Baird Company, uh, what does that bring to Akron Wealth Advisors? 
you know, a firm that's been around for 100 years, uh, a firm that's uh, got a lot of depth, uh, intellectual intelligence, um, great training, uh, compliance, uh, somebody that looks over our shoulder and makes sure we're doing the right things, and, uh, you know, a firm that we're very proud to be a part of. And so as we look forward to yet another week in this intriguing year of 2020, <laughs> uh, we have no idea what happens one moment to the next, but as you look toward the week, what kind of, are you anticipating anything that would be interesting, and uh, what are you looking for in the week to come? Yeah, Bob, some great stuff. Um, uh, Apple has their Worldwide Developers Conference that starts this week, so we'll get a lot of uh, interesting tech news, I'm sure, through the week. Uh, we got some economic data, like existing home sales, um, new home sales, uh, it, it, uh, crude inventories that we'll see during the week, some uh, earnings reports, uh, Accenture, Darden, Nike will report on Thursday. Uh, we'll see how Winnebago's doing. And we'll see the new Ford F-150, which I drive. Um, Ford's going to introduce the redesigned model of that truck on Thursday, so it'll be uh, fun to keep an eye on that as well. Once again, Walt Sukira is Managing Partner of Akron Wealth Advisors at the Fairlawn West Office of R.W. Baird Company, 3560 West Market Street in Fairlawn. You can call him to just ask him questions about how he invests his clients' money, the relationship between him and his clients, and, and more at 234 234- Four six six seven four seven six here in Akron two three four four six six seven four seven six or toll free eight four four three eight eight four nine five three eight four four three eight eight four nine five three tell him you heard him on WNIR Kent Akron you have a great Father's Day we'll talk to you next week thanks Bob during today's broadcast the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed Amazon.com symbol AMZN Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Beyond Meat Inc., symbol BYND. Chipotle Mexican Grill Inc., symbol CMG. Domino's Pizza Inc., symbol DPZ. Duncan Brands Group Inc., symbol DNKN. Facebook Inc., symbol FB. Southwest Airlines Company, symbol LUV. McDonald's Corporation, symbol MCD. Quaker Oats, as a subsidiary of PepsiCo, Inc., symbol PEP. Netflix, Inc., symbol NFLX. Papa John's International, symbol PZZA. And Starbucks Corporation, symbol SBUX. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.